I'm Ken Mako from Forest Hill, Maryland, supporter of the Manchester United. Prettier than Jack Grealish and the official daddy of all Arsenal and Everton fans. And you are listening to the DU Football Show. Y'all play like shit. Fuck off. Yeah, but but you know what they got? Three points. <laughs> I, oh, I love your response there, Sam. That's really well said. You know, love that. Losing at Old Trafford again. Don't worry, my team sucks too. Let's start the we'll show. See about it. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a better fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Great day, yay, the fucking Gooner Graham. Stole the Lord. I'm straight and short. Sam Bramby. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the Drunker United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the week. Uh, the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the internet's from me on the Zoom, because we are recording late as fuck, is my uh, esteemed co-host, Mr. Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing? What a day. Uh, I was trying to do uh injury time intro there. I was fucking it all, That's all right. up. We can do that right now if you want. Nah, nah. nah. I don't care. Fuck yeah. it. <laughs> we, just, we just want to pretend like uh, this midweek didn't happen for either one of us. Is that yeah. the game plan? Perfect. Uh, we're recording at uh, DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Of course, it is very easy. We are at D Football Show on all the social medias. D Football Show at gmail.com to get in touch via email. Uh, if you'd like to subscribe to our Patreon and support the show, which would be awesome, it is patreon.com backslash D Football Show. Sign up to the one tier, one single, huge, big, great tier, uh, $5 a month. You get all of our extra content, which is a sound check, our pre show recording actually checking our sound where we talk about our weekend uh, and our personal lives and then um, injury time, which is our preview show uh, that we preview the upcoming week of the Premier League. Also, you can support the show by finding the DU drip shack. Uh, the link is in all of the bios of the social medias uh, to get yourself some DU swag. And just to give you a little bit of insight as to what sound check is like, because last week we heard what injury time is like. Um, one story I held back, Sam, for this little promo is that I stubbed the absolute fuck out of my toe today. Oh, really? How'd you do that? Uh, Carly uh, doesn't like my organized chaos, my okay. wife. Okay. And um, she asked me if these sets of papers were mine, you know, something just strewn about. I said, yeah, and I got up to go get them. I had already been drinking. And uh, I clattered my toe into the couch and actually drew blood. Excellent. Well done, sir. It was terrible to the point where I uh, had to actually hold my toe for about 12 minutes to stop the bleeding. And I've changed the gauze out twice before we recorded. So what you're saying is, Sam, you're having a bad day. And I'm taking one down. Yeah. 
Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep passionate love for all things distilled spirits. What so a segue. Is, so as the red-blooded Americans we are, we've got to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Since we are in separate locations, we are having separate drinks. So, Sammy, why don't you tell me what you're drinking, bud? I'm drinking an old classic, something that goes down smooth and gets you drunk. Gibson's finest, my friend. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Uh, we haven't really done a Canadian on here before. No, um, we haven't. Really, and I thought this was uh, a good thing to do. Uh, 80 proof from Ontario, Canada. Uh, it is a 12 year old Canadian whiskey. It is still very light in style, but more complex than your standard Canadian whiskeys, obviously, because of the age. Um, it is just delightful. It's smooth, it's easy drinking, and um, and you can just have a good time on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Canadians tend to be predominantly corn. Everybody calls them rye. That's because there was always rye in the mash bill. There's not a, uh, a predominance of uh, rye in those whiskeys, although they do make some rye as well. Um, most famously, obviously, Whistlepig gets all their rye whiskey from Canada. Um, but not all of it. Not all of it. Now it's all of it. <laughs> it is all Fair. of it now. Because um, MGP is, well, MGP. The interesting thing is it's really it's very similar to a um, to a bourbon. It's a lot of corn, but it's uh, aged in used American white oak, which is going to give it a different flavor. So what would be, quote, kind of an American whiskey here in the States is a Canadian whiskey, obviously, because location, geographic delineage plays into what it is. So, yeah, it's a uh, Canadian is a great starter whiskey. If you're not yeah. big into whiskey or you're wanting to learn a little bit more about whiskey, grabbing yourself a Canadian also, and it mixes great, like a Canadian. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, Canadian, a Crown and Seven or a Crown and Ginger. It's a great tasting drink. It really well, is. You, can, you really can't beat it. And honestly, if you are if you want to be on the piss, if you're in the mood that we're in and you just want to get drunk, grab a Canadian whiskey or Jameson. Yeah. It's light. <laughs> it's easy. Throw it back. Right. That's a dig. I heard that's, that's a, dig. a dig. All right. So uh, I am doing a um, Ragged Branch single barrel, and I'm not going to say who selected the single barrel because while the whiskey is good, it's Ragged Branch. I like it. I feel like this barrel was proof whores. And what I mean by a proof whore is someone that kind of picks a barrel because it's got a high alcoholic proof to it, and they don't look past not necessarily flaws, but this barrel should have been blended. It's decent. Me... It's it's just, it's a very one trick pony. And what you want out of a single barrel is if it, you want it to kind of be a little more, a little more sophisticated, you don't just pick it on proof. And in this instance, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's fine. But I also know, like, uh, I know Sam, you got the opportunity to try it with our, uh, with our boy, Russ, um, you know, the HR department, I like, was just about to ask you that. Is this the one? Russ no, 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 no. That's that's an exceptionally picked bottle uh, barrel. OK, this, good. This was one uh, just uh, had one laying around and uh, gotcha. I've been dipping into it a little. And the more I've been drinking, I'm just like. It's Ragged Branch. It's good Ragged Branch. I mean, it's I, I like the whiskey, but this shouldn't have been a single barrel. This isn't a cherry yeah. barrel. This really isn't a, a, a barrel that makes you go, oh, wow, this is something really memorable. And, it happens from time to time. Yeah, well, I think that's also uh, it comes down to who picks your barrels. So when you're looking at that, like people like all of you, the syndicate, uh, the liquor locker, uh, Mount Airy, these are people you want to know. Know your people at your store are, are, are whiskey fans, you know, because sometimes people yeah. just pick a barrel for 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 its strength. 
thinking that that's going to be all, you know, and you'll buying single barrels can become very expensive very quickly. So make sure you find someone that you trust and that you really like what they're doing and what they're coming up with and that they have a kind of a formulated plan. So that's kind of more where I was going with mine. So um, <clears throat> this wouldn't be available in stores. It was, it would only be an available in the one store that selected it. So a random price on a, uh, this isn't a double weeded. This isn't a double. This is just the regular weeded. So it'd probably be 40 bucks on the shelf, probably 45 at the most. Actually, right I think Gibson's Gibson's is around the same in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. About 35, 40, I think tops. Yeah. So, but like I said, not, not, not a, it's, I like Ragged Branch. I like the whiskey, but it's just, I taste it and go, mm, you could have done a lot better than that. Yeah. And just remember everybody, um, as I am at my house recording, uh, which is why I'm just kind of trying to forget everything, as is Sam at his house recording, uh, drink responsibly unless you don't have to drive. And the problem is I got to see a doctor tomorrow, so I got to be good boy tonight. So I, oh, I would a, like uh, I would like it all to fade to black, Sam. I really would. I really would. Oh, I'm getting just... blitzed. We're, injury time is going to be fun. <laughs> Sign up. Let's get into it. Uh, two classic rivalries open the show, Graham. Unfortunately for both of us, neither one of them went our side's way. Liverpool 4, Everton 1, Manchester United 3, Arsenal 2. Uh, right off the jump, Sam, before we get into any of the hard-hitting analysis and action of the Merseyside Derby, uh, thank God Virgil van Dyke was able to uh, weather the PTSD of returning back to uh, Goodison Park. If I heard that once, I heard that 250,000 fucking times about this was the place that uh, Van Dyke got hurt and, and it ruined everything and and Pickford's a monster. It was just, I loved listening to that the entire time from the commentary team. Every time he touched the ball, he'd be like, hey, look, he's not hurt yet. This would be a good time to plug our t-shirt available in the <laughs> DU Drip Shack. A moment of silence for the Dutch tulip. A moment of silence is certainly deserved. How fucking rude was that? You coughed during the moment of silence. You yeah, well, that's about what I think of them. Um, it, this was complete domination by Liverpool. Um, I um, mean, Everton showed some fight, but this is it, credit where credit is due. This is a team that is fucking humming right now. They cannot be playing better football than they are playing right now, Liverpool. Can I give you the top two monsters? That have short arms. Sure. Jordan Pickford and T-Rex? No. Okay. Chucky and Jordan Pickford. Heard. Okay, very good. Chucky's still worse than Jordan Pickford. Yeah. He killed people. Jordan Pickford just kind of hurt a Dutch guy. Yeah, heard. Very good. But well, they have about the same length arms. Yes, they do. Very much and so. And if you, if you looked at Everton Twitter... <laughs> after this game, it was fucking hysterical. Which, which is kind of sad because particularly at the start of the game, Pickford was keeping him in it. Like it was yeah, a little bit, it was two one at halftime. It could have been five to one. Like pick came up with some saves and I and, didn't, I didn't say the tweets were true, uh, but the tweets were funny as fuck. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's gotten, I mean, it, it is now finally time to go ahead and uh, pull back the, uh, the cover Sam and, and discover that Rafa was obviously a Liverpool transplant put in here. here to destroy Everton Football Club from the inside because now we don't even know who to blame. We don't know if to blame him, the players, the board. We're yelling at everybody. We're all losing our fucking minds. 
I think it was a stroke of genius by Liverpool Football Club to make that happen. If you want the real answer to that question, all jokes aside, it is the board and it is injuries. Yeah, You have a very unbalanced team. You did well to offload a fair few people. One particular person did well to offload himself. Yeah. I did poorly. Shouldn't say that. It's not celebrating. Um, he did well. Uh, he, he did poorly to offload himself there. Right. Uh, but the, the point is, is that you, Rafa Benitez is suffering right now from the past, I'd say three managers in particular. And then for some reason, giving the very obvious interim big Sam Allardyce some money. Right. right? And he's struggling with a team that paid 40 million for Alex Awobi. I mean, we joke about it all the time, right? but it's true. He hasn't really offered you anything. <laughs> Um, since it hasn't really offered the game anything, honestly, since he left Arsenal and the, the business that your team did to find themselves in financial fair play. And it's really a shame because you were operating on such a shoestring budget and found these little gems in the rough and young players that, you know, coming through at one point, Seamus Coleman was that player, right? Right. Exactly. Um, found these gems. 60,000. Got him right. on 60,000. Yeah. And now it, it's, you know, you, you had, what was it? Four number 10 job bought in one summer. Yeah. The Komen, the Komen Walsh uh, summer that really hurt us. It's just not good. And then you had the Walcott and the Wobi deals and you had the, yeah, it's just this at the other. It's just, it's like, man, it's just one bad situation after another and the, the the bad part is is you actually had a manager that wanted to spend money that could spend money but now you find yourself in a financial fair play situation over the last couple of windows where you've had to be skint and it, it's just it's tough man and the the good players you do have like dcl and you know richarlison i know he played in this game but without a partner he we've seen before he doesn't really thrive um it's just it's t- it's so tough with those injuries, and you have the I think personally, all jokes aside, again, you have the right man in charge to deal with that. I mean, the guy fucking had Newcastle finishing twelfth, right? Right. With you know no spend at all, <laughs> there was no new blood, um, and I think he really has gotten a song out of the players that are available. The problem is, is you have a thin squad. And the players available aren't that good. Right. Now, when your first team is fully fit, as he did prior to the injuries, I think he'll be you'll be doing just fine again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, it's a it's a tough one to swallow, and also you just don't know uh, how much longer is he going to get. You know, because someone's going to have to be the sacrificial lamb, and you know, fortunately, Palace has fallen back to the pack a little bit. You guys have lost what two of your last three, but you're still a pretty fucking good side. And two Burn of those, fifth. right? You're so so. That's not going to be an easy game for us. And then we turn around, and we got to go to the bridge and play Chelsea. Like it's, ugh. yeah. But I also think that they've been. It's hard, right? Because Rafa Benitez has, I think, been underrated as a manager. I think he's gotten the short end of the stick more often than not. The guy won the fucking Champions League with Liverpool. He took Real Madrid to La Liga titles. He took Napoli within a couple of points of an Italian Serie A title. Mm. 
he won the Premier League with Chelsea, lest we forget. Right. And the Europa League, I think, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, when he was a, a seven-month interim there. The guy's got pedigree. He decided to take the payday in China. And he lost a lot of respect for that. So he came back to, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, he was at Newcastle, did the best he could, asked for money because of his results. He, uh, Mike Ashley said no, big surprise. And then he fucked off to China to get the payday, right? Right. Then he comes back and what do you do, right? Well, Everton are a club in a bit of disarray. They got ditched by Ancelotti and they still have all of these restrictions on signing players <clears throat> and, and money they can spend which is difficult for any club, you know, but they have some decent players there. They really do. And, and Rafa Benitez is a good coach. Rafa Benitez failed at Real Madrid, quote unquote, because he didn't win the Champions League, but he famously tried to coach Ronaldo into taking free kicks. Well, you're really going to teach him something. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he Everton is a perfect team for him to, to make those players better than the sum of their parts because he is such a good coach and some of those top teams, you know, very, very elite clubs are Bayern Munich, your Real Madrid, your Barcelona's. What is he going to teach those players? Right. So this seemed like a great spot for him. However, injuries happen and he's left with a shoestring squad that he's, you know, Salomon Rondon, he was bought as cover. He was supposed to play cup games give DCL a rest like every eighth Premier League game. You know what I mean? But he's been forced to start the last six. Right. It's just not good. You know what I mean? It just sucks. And before DCL's injury, Everton were flying. We were five games in a season. I told you, are you fucking, are you in yet? Right. You yeah. know? And and it's it's so difficult. I think they need to give him time. I think they have a good coach. I think they know what they have, and I think they will give them time. I don't think this is going to be a fired by Christmas scenario. I really don't. I hope not, because I mean, for me now, where we're at, like, what are you going to do to fix it? Like, are you going to have Dunk be the interim? They all you're doing then is setting him up to fail. Like, who are you going to go find that's going to fix this right now? How like, long is DCL out for? When's he coming back? Uh, he's supposed to be back sometime here in December. A little bit more into the action itself. Uh, uh, Salah with a brace. Uh, you, you, I tell you, they started off really hot, Liverpool, and were up two nothing in the twentieth minute. But Everton found a way to play themselves back into the game, and um, a hell of a hell of a goal from Damari Gray to make it two one. And then right at the end, they almost put one in with Decore right at the end of the half. And then they started the half bright too. And then, in normal passion, somebody gonna fuck up for Everton. And unfortunately, this time it was the captain with Seamus Coleman made a mistake and it's a uh, very similar situation to Georginia. Yeah. Yeah. Exact same kind of thing. And, it's uh, very weird. And I, I, I've never seen that <laughs> twice in the same kind of six days span, but also credit to Salah on that goal in particular, because he was kind of falling away and it looked like he might've put it wide and he kissed it just off the inside of the post. Like oh, yeah. really just very softly placed it right in there. And then Jota's I, final goal was, was, fantastic as well i mean it's hard it's it's you can't sit there and really complain that much about what they did on the side of the ball because they were fucking class like what are you, what am i supposed to be like no they're fucking bad no we 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 let them off the no no 
no, they're a good fucking team that's probably going to be vying for the title. And but look, all, just- all the jokes, all the jokes about Pickford, right? Um, a lot of them stemmed from Salah's first goal, but I think his momentum actually helped him. Because I've done this before with my right foot on the opposite side of the field where you're running full pelt, open your body up, and your momentum actually helps you cut across the ball and get extra whip yeah. on that ball. You've seen it indoor behind me yeah. where I've, I've whipped, lashed that ball into the far corner. And I don't think there was anything Pickford could have done. I think he was in a good position. I think he was at full stretch. It was fine, you know. But Salah's pace, his momentum took him in. And, and and that pace and momentum itself, along with his technical ability, uh, sliced across that ball perfectly to find that far corner. There's all, just nothing you can do about it. All four goals, there's 10 other people on the pitch that should be blamed before Pickford Absolutely. on all four of those goals. He 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 made every attempt to make saves on those. He was close on all of them. They were all, they were fucking four great fucking shots. Well, Jordan, uh, Jordan Henderson's goal. It's like, where is everyone at? What are you doing? Right, right. So if you want to blame, like, don't go blaming Pickford for his little arms. Like, it's, no, that's why is a guy left wide open at the top of the 18 to have fucking free reign to shoot it wherever he wants? Absolutely. <laughs> like, and Pickford, I, and I Pickford do almost got positives. there. Ultimately, I do think there are positives to take from this game for for Everton, despite the scoreline. Um, the scoreline, I think, was a little flattering, given that two of the goals probably were solely individual mistakes. Right. But that's what happens when you play a good team. I mean, we got pumped four nil, so you did better than us against them. Well, you know what also is uh, very important to remember too uh, when you're playing a good team is that uh, the courage of Paul Tierney as the uh, head official to make sure that he gave. Um, Two, not one, but two yellow cards for um, for simulation and diving to Everton Football Club because, you know, certainly the uh, Reds never foul anybody. And it was clearly, clearly those bad guys in blue that were um, making up uh, opportunities to try to hurt the feelings of the Red side. Yeah, uh, I mean, sounds legit. All right. I'm, I'm drinking this and we're talking. I'm done talking about this fucking game. Um, here's my lord. Um. Copites are still gobshites. Y'all can fuck off. I really don't fucking care. Well done. Um, so Liverpool's gonna win the title, right? Just a final question. No. No. <laughs> Why you have a bad taste in your mouth? Um, no, I don't think they <laughs> hold on. Actually, let me answer that properly. No. <laughs> um uh, no, because um they, while they are scoring a shit ton of goals, they are giving up more goals than both Chelsea and City. I am more bullish on Chelsea or City to win the title than I am Liverpool. And I think I'm not, pretty bullish on Chelsea, to be honest. Yeah, I think they're the, they're the ones here yeah. right now that I, I think are going to do it. Yeah, because even when they're not playing well or they don't have all their pieces like they did the, this midweek, they, they still find ways to fucking win. They yeah. just do. We got our answer about Arsenal. Are they back? No. No. Not yet. Well, no. nope, you say yet. that it was it was one boneheaded ass fucking mistake from Martin Odegaard that mm-hmm. cost Arsenal the game. And well, besides that, a great save from David De Gea right near the death as well. Right. Uh, on the far side. Besides that, I mean, Arsenal were all over them to begin with. Arsenal dominated the opening uh, opening bits. The whole game overall was a bit disjointed. It was ugly at times. 
but it was pretty open. I mean, there was 30 shots that ran in overall, uh, pretty evenly distributed as well, with 10 on target for United, seven for Arsenal. Most of those shots, though, were pretty tame, uh, to be fair. Each keeper, like I said, made one or two decent saves. And I, I really wish that Fred didn't play such a big part later on because I, I had the joke written after he stood on um, David De Gea's leg for ESR's opener. Right. Uh, you know, I, I had the joke written already where as an Arsenal supporter, I'm not sure why you, you United fans give Fred so much stick because to me, he seems awesome. And then he goes and assists uh, the other goal. And then gets the penalty for the uh, And then wins goal. the penalty for the winner. Yeah, which was super annoying, quick, um, to be honest. Quick side note, uh, I found a great deal of humor in once VAR had reviewed the first goal, done exactly what it was supposed to do, got it 1,000% right, there were still eight Manchester United players around the referee yelling at him, like, oh, well... No, uh, Arsenal forced Fred to step on De Gea's ankle. That's what it was. Yeah, penalty. Got to be a foul. Guys, like, how are you? Like, y'all can see the replay up on the screen. He, he clearly, the ref's going to explain it, right? Especially something weird like that. The ref's going to walk on the pitch and go, it's a goal. Your player stepped on his own player's ankle. And then all of them collectively go, no, <laughs> and just run up to the ref. Yeah, exactly. And it, it was that I think kind of spurred them on a little bit. Harry Maguire actually looked a lot better than he did recently, um, yeah. even though he was caught in possession once or twice. Uh, Bruno Fernandez equalized a little bit later on, uh, obviously with a side foot finish after Fred found him. And then Ronaldo good, gave good United pass by the lead. Fred, by the way, too. Yeah, it was. And to dig the ball out from under his feet like that was fantastic. <laughs> to, to find the, the pace on the ball, to get it to Fernandez in general, because he was in a, he was in a bad position off balance, you know, with two players, I think, bearing down on him. And he found the the, the strength to get the ball over to Fernandes. Um, and then Rashford, obviously, with a, a, a good pullback to Ronaldo to take the lead. But then Arsenal actually dug themselves out of that hole. They started playing really well. Um, they, they had chances again. Arsenal ended up with 55.5% possession. I mean, they, you know, controlled the ball, you know, obviously is a bit even, but, you know, overall they controlled the ball. And I just saw the updated stats. They said 31 shots on target. They gave Arsenal another shot on target. So 31 overall shots, eight on target for Arsenal, 10 for United. So, I mean, the, the game was fairly even. Um, and it, we've never said that Manchester United have bad players. We said they had a bad system. Well, also, Sam, let's look at it this way. Um, it's a good, it was a good game. It was a tight game. It was a close game, right? But isn't this the way it always goes at Old Trafford for Arsenal? Absolutely it is. It's just like, but you that, can but play that does great, mean, but it, this is how it goes. That does mean Arsenal's back, though. Okay. Because they, they didn't get embarrassed, one, which they have done previously. Right. They went behind. They went ahead to begin with. Then they went behind and then equalized. And then it was one stupid boneheaded play that the second he left his feet, Martin Odegaard regretted it and tried to pull out of the challenge. But his momentum took him into Fred's leg. And Fred was, for once, smart. Stepped across Odegaard and put his foot, put his ankle right on Odegaard's taint. And as soon as he felt his taint, he fell over. Yep. Now, um, let's go ahead and pour that shot of Malort there, Keller. 
I'm just going to take it straight from the neck because I forgot to get a shot glass. Oh, we like that. Go ahead, stud. So In here your we hashtag go. Bance tank top. Just take a malort from the neck. Yeah, that's how it's going today, okay? When we talk about trash, man, that's it. That is the image of trash right there, my friend. Yeah. So here you go. Uh, up the arsenal. We're back, baby. Now that you have a bitter taste in your mouth, how do you feel about uh, CR7 scoring his 800-and-801st goal in his uh, entire professional career? It was always going to happen when it, against us. It's always going to happen. First and second on the table get wins, but not so easily. Chelsea 2, Watford 1, Man City 2, Aston Villa 1. Chelsea right off the jump missing some pieces. No Jorginho, Conte's out. I mean, they kind of had to do it with duct tape a little bit. I mean, now granted, yes, they're a very deep team, but uh, they were missing a lot of pieces today. I'd actually question that because they started Saul, the guy they got from Atletico Madrid, stalwart for Atletico forever. And um, he got hauled off after halftime. He was trash in that game. Yeah, he didn't look good in the uh, – he. well, he hasn't been playing at all because he didn't look good in the first time he appeared for them. No, it was horrible. He was horrible. He wanted way too much time on the ball. It was it was bad. It was it looked like somebody that's just not acclimated to it. He's part of the problem is he's not going to get a, a fair run of games to play himself into form. And really, the question lies: Is the Premier League a place where you can play yourself into form, having never played in the Premier League before? You know, it's one thing for Raheem Sterling to play himself into form. He's familiar with this and how it goes. Saul's not right. <laughs> He's not used to the pace of the league. He's not used to any of that shit. So it, it was it was difficult. Worth mentioning the uh, the the game delay that happened. Uh, something very different from what uh, American sports would do. Uh, someone ha- uh, basically had a heart attack in the stands. Yep. And- Cardiac arrest in the Elton John stand yeah. uh, of of Watford's ground. So in. Um, American sports, they just kind of keep the game going and somebody, they get the paramedics up and they grab them and take them out. And No, here, stop play, take the players off the pitch, and everybody focuses on making sure that the person having a heart attack gets fucking taken care of. Like, number yeah. one priority. Um, Absolutely. I would also implore anyone. Um, it was a, a fascinating, fascinating interview. And I've talked about it on here before, but if you find the Jack mate happy hour podcast uh, on Spotify, uh, the YouTuber, young YouTuber, 28 year old guy uh, did an interview with Fabrice Muamba, the guy that had the heart attack on the field, a cardiac arrest uh, while he, I believe he was playing for Bolton at the time, mm-hmm. uh, but he came up through Arsenal's Academy mm-hmm. and uh, there was a player, uh, not a player, I'm sorry, a doctor in the stands, um, a cardiologist who is credited essentially with saving Fabrice's life and running onto the field and forcing his way past security uh, to help him, you know, pulling his credentials out of his wallet. I'm a fucking doctor, mate. Let me on. It is a fascinating interview uh, when when speaking about that incident. There was obviously a 
bunch more lighthearted shit. It's a YouTuber's podcast, but right. they did speak about that incident for uh, in in fair length, and it, it's a it's a good interview to to listen to. Um, you hate to see this. It's it's tough. It's tough for the players to have a thirty minute delay, um, right. and then come back out and try to pick themselves up. Um, was very interesting to see, to see. Was very interesting to see forty five plus twenty five on oh, yeah. the uh, the clock because the clock yeah, kept I mean, running. Just, just look at look at what happened with with Christian Erickson, which everyone's familiar with. I mean, the 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 people in the stands were traumatized by it. So, you know, trying to show support and singing, and it wasn't even about the football anymore, really. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it, it, it's just it's a you never want to see somebody go down. You never want to see that happen and when it does it's a it's a very difficult situation for everybody involved the credit to both teams for coming out and giving it a good go afterwards credit to the the staff there at the at the stadium and the the doctors that attended to the man because as i understand it he is in stable condition uh and everything's okay um you know uh uh that i've read so all in all it was it was a good day you know um but there was this little little asterisks uh, that happened. Um, this though was the worst performance by Chelsea under Thomas Tuchel since he's been at the club. I credit though Watford as well. Cause Watford fucking went at him. Like but, at and we, them. we've seen this since Ranieri's second game in charge. Mm-hmm. The first game was absolute trash. They didn't grasp anything that he was trying to lay down. But now they seem to be all on side. And it's very difficult for him now because Ismael Sar is out for yeah. a bit. And that's their best player, yeah. you know. Um, you got the best and worst from Musa Sissoko. He worked extremely hard, intercepted balls, put in tackles, did great, had a shot from the six and skied it. So you got the best and worst from uh, from Musa Sissoko. But – that's how it goes. I mean, Watford are now going, not necessarily be a force to be reckoned with, but now you have to actually pay attention to what Watford's doing because they have a decent manager in charge and some organization about them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Chelsea found a way and they got to be happy with that. But uh, moving on to the next one. Um, real, real quick. Yeah. Are you surprised that that is ZH's first uh, goal this season? In, in the Premier League, he scored in the Champions League. Uh, yeah, not really because he just hasn't been getting a ton of playing time. And yeah, n- him on right. the wing, they're constantly wanting to feed it to the striker. So, but just I just I couldn't believe that was his first Premier League goal. Is yeah. it fourteen weeks in? Yeah, I, that was just such a surprise. I did. I, I I'm not as surprised just from what I've seen of him. He, it's I like what he offers, but. Clearly, he's one of those kind of players. Chelsea just like the the supporters and the, the yeah. and Tuchel just aren't too terribly crazy about him. Unfortunately, and, um, getting into um, Villa in City, uh, Villa came to fucking play, oh, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, Villa, Villa gave it to them. I mean, they, they really did. It was it was an entertaining game to watch. Uh, I do have some stats because we did lose the game. Right. Uh, but Ali Watkins got us a crucial goal at the top of the second half. Uh, but here's some perspective. Aston Villa created 10 chances against Man City. Uh, here's the chances created by the last four teams to play City. Man United, three. Everton, two. PSG, six. West Ham, three. 
Villa got 10. 10. We had 10, 10 chances. And think about the, the PSG one is the one that stands out. Yeah. Yeah. That's Neymar and Bappe and fucking Lino Messi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they only got six. Yeah. And Villa yeah. got four more yeah. chances. Well, that's what happens when you have Medi Cash. Yeah, yeah Villa, exactly. Villa came to fuck from all different directions from every player on the team. Much like this Zoom call, sexy distracts people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it was. I I got to say, I'm I'm taking this shot with a smile on my face because no, Sam, this distracts people. We, Mel's distracted right now. We got very close to hey at least pulling a draw on hey that girl, one. Hey girl, you getting ready to take and that shot of my lord? I'm going to take my shot right of my lord, <laughs> even though we lost. We performed very well. I see you blushing, girl. Uh, it was also it was also a very weird goal that got it started. Um, I think it was Ryan Sterling that cut the ball back. Uh, how do you expect Ruben Diaz to be there? Right. How do you expect 20, the center back? How do you expect your there? cut back from about five yards out to go back to twenty five yards out? Right. Where is the center midfielder? Where is who's the person arriving late? Um, and Villa frustrated City for those first twenty seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's where they finally found the first goal. Um, I do want to talk about Bernardo Silva's goal. Oh, quick, that was though. nasty. It was, there's not a phrase that I use very often, not a term I use very often. That was a cultured volley. Okay. That volley looked like he had been to the Louvre, the Sistine Chapel, and the fucking Great Wall of China in the same day and then came back and took all that knowledge and put it into that strike. It was it was gorgeous. It was absolutely fucking gorgeous. brilliant. We've seen now. We has we saw the Sterling one. We saw who was who else was it? Um, it was someone from Liverpool, I think, that had one that was like an no, no, you. It was Martinelli, you. Um, the over the shoulder one, and both of those yeah. were pretty brilliant. They weren't this, this one. They weren't this, this one. Better. This one was um absolutely amazing. And for and Mel, as you get ready to take your shot, I mean. You lose to Man City two to one, and they had to score two worldies to mm-hmm. do it. Worldies, yeah. yep. like. <laughs> and I'm grateful that Jack didn't come on until the 86th minute. Uh, although there was a really cute shot, and I'm just saying cute because you know, uh, where when City scored the first one, Jack is grinning ear to ear until he realizes the camera is on him, and then suddenly he turns stoic. <laughs> and I'm like, I see you. I see you. Half the crowd, there were some people booing, uh, but I did appreciate the fans that were chanting Villa till I die. So there you go. That's what I'm go. doing my shot on. As you take that shot, there was uh, <laughs> mm, a comparison delicious. made to when David Beckham went back to Old Trafford with AC Milan in the Champions League. Right. And he was on the touchline about to come on. He's standing there. Uh, and the fourth official puts the board up and the, the cheers around Old Trafford were fucking ridiculous. Yeah, just going nuts for him. The second he crossed that line, every touch they boot him. <laughs> so there I think there also is a bit of hashtag bants uh, in that booing of Jack Grealish oh, yeah. uh, because he did orchestrate his deal mm-hmm. and move to make sure the club benefited from his sale, which he didn't have to do. And everyone needs to to remember that because not a lot of players do that shit. I had a funny exchange with Big B's vet tech. Big had his. 
Yes, you heard that what? right. <laughs> Follow me on this one, dude. Uh, Bigby had his birthday, and he was up for his shots. And so the Vec Tech comes out, and I'm watching the Villa game on my phone in the car. And they do the bit where they take the dog away and bring him back. I'm like, perfect, because I got a game to finish. He comes back with the dog, and uh, he comes back with the dog, and he goes, uh, oh, a football fan. You're watching Villa. And I go, yeah, big Villa fan here. And he goes, uh, Jack Grealish, $100 million, huh? Is he worth it? Nope. But boy, did we spend the money well. <laughs> yeah, and that's the difference between Jack Grealish and Alex Awobi, about $60 million. That makes sense. We should have let Alex Awobi go for free. But we didn't. Mm-hmm. We sold him to Everton for forty million. So what did and- he? So what did he say about um, uh, Big B? He was a what kind of dog? Oh God, it was so funny. He goes, uh, "You're uh, you're Big B. He's a uh, spirited." Right. And then what did he then say when you told him that uh, Emmy? Bo- I mean that uh, Emmy Martinez was your goalie. Oh, that Emmy. He's a character. So is Emmy and Big B the same? Rounding out the rest of the league, and oh, so that happened. Newcastle won, Norwich won, Leeds won, Palace nil, West Ham won, Brighton won, Wolves nil, Burnley nil, Southampton two, Leicester two, Tottenham two, Brentford nil. Sam, we're going to get through this quick because we still got another show to do, and it's almost midnight, and we got work to do tomorrow. Yeah, but I I have a very quick show title suggestion. Uh Uh-huh. Are you spirited, or are you a character? Heard. Very good. (laughs) Um... For Norwich, I mean, for uh, Newcastle, um, not the way you want to start the comeback, right? The we're gonna get ourselves out of the fucking uh, uh, out of the bottom. They get a um, uh, a, a red card nine minutes in, uh, miss out on a penalty opportunity, and then finally do get a penalty opportunity that I don't know. Uh, Kroll should have saved, but somehow puts it into the t- like. I'm like, it, like. Do the soccer gods look down on Newcastle and write the story for him as it's going? Because it just it seems so surreal. The shit that happens to Newcastle, like, well, it only happens to this club. You know, the thing is, is you should not have to pay for the sins of your father. Right. But it seems Newcastle is still paying for the sins of Mike Ashley. Oh, fuck. Yeah, they are. Or maybe they're paying for the sins of the Saudi regime. I don't know. Mm, could I can't be. figure it out. That's Does a dig. <laughs> question. Question. Um, anyway, the the you know what else is funny about football? As I was writing my notes, watching the uh, and I knew the Kieran Clark red card happened, but I was watching the the highlights and I was you know starting to write my notes and I wrote a good start from Newcastle. I also wrote that for another team that was against the wall, uh, but still, you know, doing their thing for about 40 minutes, a good start from them. I just like how start can go from nine minutes to 12 minutes to 30 minutes to start is different for every single game. And it, for the first, you know, six minutes, it was a great start from Newcastle, but then Kieran Clark pulled to Newcastle and uh, got himself sent off. Timu Puki made a meal of it, in my opinion. Still a foul. What do you think? Still a foul. Oh, it's definitely a foul. Yeah, absolutely. Still, still a foul. But he, it was still last. It was mm-hmm. still last defender, and it could be the softest foul in the world or the hardest foul in the world. When it's last defender, clear on goal, it's gonna be a fucking red. It's gonna be a yeah. fucking red. There's, absolutely. There, it's it's it doesn't like 
it doesn't matter if it's a soft, I mean, if, if you're clear away on goal and I stick out one hand and push you in your shoulder and you go over easy, that is still a foul. Absolutely. Still last, still last defender. That's still definitely a red card. It doesn't matter how soft no, 100%, it is. 100%. hundred percent. It was a, it was a, uh, uh, a shit handball from Billy Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, which gave Callum Wilson the penalty. Um, it, it was a penalty. Don't get that twisted, but yeah. stupid young player makes sense. It, I, you know, I think it Joe Linton. I think Joe Linton had a fair penalty call earlier. Just about it was like about. I think, 10 that, minutes, I think, I think he might was, be right. I think it was absolutely a penalty, and I don't know how VAR didn't see it as a penalty. I yeah, I think he might surprising. be right there as well. Puki had a great volley on seventy nine minutes after a decent save from Dubravka. Um, but the rebound found uh, Giannoulis, uh, who stayed well composed, picked out Puki, and uh, and he finished very, very well. Uh, Norwich could have wanted to stop his time, but uh, Lise Melu uh, was too selfish as Puki came in unattended to the penalty spot, and he decided to shoot on his own and blazed over from about 11 yards. Also earlier in the match, too, uh, the American sergeant missed a sitter. Just kicked it right off. Yeah, and he's letting his hair go. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, not a fan of it either. Real quick, and then let's move on to the next game because we got to keep it going. Which team benefited more out of this? Do you think? I think they both benefit. To be honest with you, um, well, probably Norwich more Newcastle because they picked up a couple wins recently. Right, um, they still don't but, have a loss under Dino. Yeah, uh, I think Eddie Howe already looks like a man under stress. Yeah which is only his second game on the touchline, third game in charge. Um, it, it, he looks stressed out already. I mean, the way he celebrated the opening goal looks like a man that needed a release. So I just want to say to Eddie Howe right now, just go have a wank, mate. <laughs> did, did Eddie Howe maybe have a bad day? He might have had a bad day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I think tonight he'll probably take one down. Heard. And if you want to do uh, find out where that reference came from and references like slow talking into the mic to distract your wife, Sam, how would one go about doing that? Hey, listeners. www.patreon.com. Nope, missed the mark. That was creepy. Do it again. <laughs> slash D football show. Oh no, we're gonna get all sorts of notes from HR. Yeah, that one, that one's not so good. I mean, I, I, well, clearly we know who the uh, better broadcaster is, right? Listen, hey girl, he's a better <laughs> broadcaster. He might have got more votes, but I know I'm number one in your heart. I mean, do you guys really want me to play this game? Heard. <laughs> um, no, hey, you can't, because remember, you didn't even get nominated. <laughs> Come on, fellas. You know I can talk all sweet and parody if I wanted to. Oh, we definitely know that. Uh, Leeds get a big win. And you know what? For one nothing with a goal that got scored in the 95th minute, this game had a lot of fucking action to it. Yeah, but can I quickly just say that there's no purdy in R&B? It's so purdy. Uh, I went a little southern. It happens. It's after midnight, you know. Uh, Back to my vet tech. He does kind of like Leeds because he likes Bielsa. He goes, in my language, in our country, we call him uh, Loco. He's a psychopath. Run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Find a new vet. <laughs> fucking, uh, this match had eight 
yellow cards in it and and not a lot of shots on target but damn well over 30 chances overall between the two sides it was it was a wild fucking match for a one nothing it was was wild it was great energy from Leeds as always um and palace under Vieira has had a bit of energy they've you know been fairly balanced to be honest defending and and attacking they haven't really gotten blown out this season at all um the game was relatively disjointed though i don't think any one team was really on top throughout no these had chances at different times despite leeds's possession yeah because leeds did have over 60 percent possession in this game but I, i never thought that palace were out of it you know what i mean Probably um, the better the better goal scoring opportunities. Not that there were many good goal scoring opportunities, but probably the better goal scoring opportunities went to Palace. Yeah. But it was it was just all over the place. It was it was a really crazy match to watch. You know, so now, don't... the 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 save from Meslier. Mm-hmm. At, when he patted it down, it got behind him, kind of squirted behind him. Yeah, the one off the line. And then he got there to save it was just great awareness, great desire. It was fucking fantastic. How many times do you see a player fuck up? And, oh, shit, it's gone. You yeah. know? Yeah. He got there. He saved it. He slid in. He kept the ball out. Every mechanic that a goalkeeper goes through in that situation, he executed perfectly. Right. You can't it think was, about you. You got caught out of position. You can't think about it. You got to get back into the position. You got to make the save. That was great. Like, and then just, and then Gwei uh, uh, decided to to jump up for a header like he was a fucking long jumper. Yep, stuck out the arm. Uh, arms, you know, legs were out, and then he extended and bang, um, got the uh, got the old handball. It terrible. I don't know why you would do that. It, it he wasn't even trying to protect himself. Like he wasn't even near the attacker. Really, right. it's strange that one. So nice for Leeds. Get yourself out of being in seventeenth place. Move yourself up the table a little bit. So good, good for them. Palace. Yeah, this is three on the bump, but the other two you looked far less impressive in this one. You you looked good, so you can take something from that. Yeah. Um, a, there's you know they're still young. They're going to make mistakes. It's it's and and all ultimately also uh, Vieira's not managed a ton. You know. He particularly he has not managed yet in the Premier League. So, you know, there's going to be learning curves. They're just the way it's going to be. And don't forget that Palace created the best chance from open play. Yeah. That that Meslier save stopped Palace's goal. Right. I mean, that was a surefire goal that and and that save it just he pulled one out his ass. That was brilliant. And you can't you can't plan for brilliance like that you know right. I mean, you can't plan for a worldy and while it wasn't aaron ramsdale against james madison flying across beautiful make a poster out of it but it was a world-class save yeah yeah you it know really there were so many things he had to do and boxes he had to tick to make that happen that's and a world-class save absolutely it looks like it looks like a mistake but it was actually a great it was a great save mm-hmm. it was he recovered from a mistake and still managed to make a save and you know, that would be one everybody would have been criticizing the hell out of him if it ended up in the back of the net. Absolutely. So five times in a row now, West Ham and Brighton have had a draw. Well, let's go ahead and make it six because it happened again. Uh, despite the fact West Ham dominated. Oh, big time. West Ham. Big time. Uh, I 
do I I still don't get the decision from VAR. They said it was offsides because it touched his leg, but the way the ball was bouncing around, I don't I just don't get that he was offsides necessarily. I mean, I I get what they're saying, but it just Nothing felt right about that goal being taken back. Just nothing felt right about it. So think of the uh, Martin Odegaard goal in Arsenal United. Mm -hmm. And Alba getting his leg just out of the way, right? Right. Now, Alba was onside, fair. But the ball never changed direction. In this game, the ball never changed direction. However frame by frame when they were looking at it that slowly. And they showed that on Peacock. Yeah, I noticed that. When they showed the frame by frame, there is one particular frame in the middle where you cannot discern whether or not that ball is touching his leg or not. And it looks very fucking close. Yeah. He was offside in the position when the shot came in. So in that part of the law, fine. That's good. Did he touch it? That's a better question. He didn't unsight the goalkeeper. He no. didn't do anything like that. So the the only thing is, is he had to have touched it for them to call it offside. Yeah. Whether or not he actually did is a question for the VAR and the match official. And I don't really think that was a clear and obvious error. I think that goal should have stood. That's kind of what I was getting at. It, it's, it's, I can see why you reversed it, but I didn't see anything overwhelming because the call on the field is goal. The ball never changed direction. I didn't see anything that blatantly changed the ruling on the field that like made you go, Correct. oh, he's definitely offsides. It definitely touched him. Unless you're looking at the celebration and he throws up his arms and runs away when the ball goes in the back of the net thinking he touched it. I don't know. Trying to claim a goal. I, I don't know. But it just it, it it just felt very odd and it didn't seem right. And uh, no, but the, the, the key is, is it clear and obvious? That's I don't think the it was. term they use. And, and it's I don't not, think it was. I don't think it was it's to overturn not it. a clear and obvious error. Yeah. And I, I, so that's, I you think, have to let the goal stand. Yeah. I think West Ham got done dirty to be quite honest. I Correct. now, uh, Mope, it was a great, it was a great header from Suchek. So Mope, oh yes, it was Mope can't score a goal. If it's inside the six right on his foot in an open net, but he can bicycle outside the six when being pulled down to the ground. He's French, man. He's got a, <laughs> He's got a, you know, eye for the fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's there's two show titles in one sentence there. Yeah. Heard. Very good. <laughs> You're very proud of yourself tonight, aren't you? He's French, man. There's lots, <laughs> lots of patting yourself on the back tonight. Yeah, um, I need it today. I'm my own biggest cheerleader today, Sam. Okay. I, uh, going back to uh, this Monday, well, Tuesday show, when we were talking about the Wolves highlights and you said they were seven minutes long. Um, I'm not sure if you noticed, Sam, these highlights for uh, Wolves and Burnley were six minutes long. One minute and 45 seconds of it was talking about the lineups. So it's gotten even lower. <laughs> even worse. Uh, uh, there were there were a couple of great saves. Uh, there were 22 shots <laughs> overall. 
just three shots on target between them. Wolves, this was, Wolves cannot buy a goal right now. They can't ooh. buy one. Jesus, they can't get it in the net. The, this was the game of the nearly there. Um, three at least that I can remember off the top of my head. I didn't write it down. Yeah. But at least three shots between the two teams just trickled past the far post. You know, inch wide, two inches wide. Right. You know, it it, uh, it was just, this was a pain. This game could have been loads and loads better, and it just wasn't. No, no. And for Wolves, for well, for Burnley, you're happy you got the point, right? And you still got a game in hand. Yeah, that game in hand is Spurs, but a game in hand is potential win. So that's, you got that going for you. The, for Wolves, if you want to compete for Europe, you can't have back-to-back weeks where you draw Norwich and Burnley nil-nil. Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's just not going to – that's not a European pedigree. Um, Leicester and Southampton, a sneaky, fun little game there. Uh, che Adams is really starting to find form. He's now got about like four or five goals this season. It seems like he's finally, you know – becoming a Premier League striker. And then on the other side, Madison with another goal, he's starting to find form again and just a very entertaining game. What what I would be excited about with Shea Adams um, in particular is how instinctive his finish was. Because if you, if you watch his run, he's, he's busting a gut to get into the box. And then he kind of gives up on it a bit. It kind of slows up, if you will. Right. Thinking maybe the defender's going to get ahead to it, but then he doesn't. And he's able still with his momentum um, and effort to get on the end of it, just get a glancing header into the far corner. I mean, it was, it was a very intuitive, instinctive finish. And I think that bodes well for Southampton, whether or not that's going to continue. We'll see Scottish strikers don't always have the greatest record in the Premier League. Um, but he's, you know, seems to be doing the business at the moment. And uh, from Scotland's last qualifier, seems to just continue his great form. Yeah. Well, and then also, like I said, uh, the young Englishman, James Madison, gets another goal, which was nice to see as well for them. Um, 100%. Yeah. I think, he, I think he'll go to the World Cup, James Madison. I tend to I'll agree. Say now. I think, if, he I think stay, if, if he can stay fit. I think he offers something to that side uh, that, I mean, when you look at your bench, you're starting to put on people. There's people you bring in like, oh, we have Tyrone Mings because he is going to be the backup to our start, our two starting center pair, right? Like it's going to be Stones and Maguire and he's our third guy. But then you go, when you start to look at your offense, you start to go, all right, well, we bring in Grealish because, uh, Grealish works well down the wing. Also, Grealish knows how to pick up a foul or two and get us some free kicks late in a game. And then you look at a guy like Madison who can play centrally with the ball on his foot, but can go to each side of the field, can create, can pass, and he offers something. You use both feet. Right. You offers you something that you go in a situation with five minutes left in a World Cup match, and I need a and I need something he can give me a very specific set of skills that I need right now. You know, why do you bring, why did, you know, why do you have a guy like a Vardy or a Calvert-Lewin or somebody like that be a backup striker to Kane? Because you're like, okay, well, 
Calvert-Lewin's going to put the ball in the back of the net with his head. And that's why it's not Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins may be a more talented striker than Tobin and Calvert-Lewin, but you're like, who can find the back of the net in any situation when I need them to find the back of the net when there's five minutes left in an elimination match in a World Cup game? That's when you right. like, and that's what I think. I, I very much agree with you on that with Madison because he offers a very specific skill set that mm-hmm. will benefit Southgate as far as I need this guy off the bench for this very fucking reason. Yeah, you know? I give you that. And and Calvert Lewin, I think, is in in the in terms of his heading, is different than Harry Kane. So he offers that, like you said, niche situation where um it's kind of why James Ward Prowse missed out because all he's good at is free kicks. Yeah, he's a great set piece taker, but you, but you have Trent Alexander Arnold. You have Jack Grealish. You have even Kieran Trippier. You have Kieran Trippier right. could take a great free kick. Trippier. Exactly. You have all these players that could take free kicks. So uh, James Ward Prowse, what do you offer? Well, fuck all. Well, uh, do you, you own a unicorn pool float? No, so you're not uplifting the team morale wise. <laughs> what else are you here for? Right. You know what I'm saying? Precisely. Um, what I, I I do quickly want to mention, uh, and I I I just I want to get your take as a former goalkeeper. Same, yeah. Is the double save from Casper Smichel on himself? Uh, that's yeah. In the third minute when he patted the ball down into his own knee, it came back towards the goal. Then he saved that, but he saved it right to Jan Bednarek and Jan Bednarek put it in the back of the net. How do you, how do you have a, does it count as a double save when you save it from yourself the second time? No, it's just one save. They just counted as one save. It's just one. Okay. That's That's unfortunate for Schmeichel there. And it was his body swinging around. It's momentum of body. So, and if your hand doesn't get it going wide, like you're supposed to parry it wide out and it hits your palm and comes in, your body's swinging in. You don't know where the fuck that ball is going to go. So, Sam, he looked, he looked like a wide receiver making a catch on the sideline. You know how they do their body yeah. in a V yep. to hold the ball up to make, to show they have control of the ball? Yep. Yep. He didn't have control of the ball, but he made his body in a V. Yep. It was. And then he, is very strange. Finishing up with the last game, uh, Burrs very quietly working their way up the fucking table, getting mm. wins. Now they're not playing the Meh. strongest of opponents, but three points are three points. I mean, I know you don't want to say it. I know you're not happy about it because you'd like to see your uh, rivals do poorly, but you know, Con- Conte starting to rub off on them, starting to get some results. So the only thing in this game that's worth talking about is the own goal. Yeah. Fucking hysterical. I, I also particularly enjoyed it because he was uh, a bit of a thorn in Everton's side uh, oh, was in that it? match. Very, very much so. And he's a former Liverpool player, which, I gotcha. of course, the announcers had to bring that up the entire time during the Brentford-Everton match. I was like, oh, the former academy player for Liverpool. He never got yeah. to play in a Merseyside derby. So this must be the same to him. No, 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 no. <laughs> how, how do you head the ball against your own player's head and still beat your goalkeeper? Uh, it takes a bit of skill, my friend. That's very, very strange. Only something a Liverpudian can do. That's the only thing that was good about the game was that. Um, other than that, Regulon, 
uh, found a you know a tidy a tidy pass for Son to finish with a simple tap in, which of course everybody makes a ten pound donation to the NHS because Son's a brilliant person. Well, and um, the the children were happy, and that's what's important. The children. Well, that's it. They all got new plush toys because of the ten pound donation. Sam, Sam, the fucking children. Your money. Um, I tried to be more responsible, and it didn't work. No, because both your both of them missed. No, it was bad. Uh, I chose two wins. Uh, I got two draws. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Doesn't work. I am now down three sixteen, which is a shame. Um, so I'm gonna uh, contemplate what I'm gonna do. And Sammy, what do you think you have over there? Uh, well, first off, I am now down eight hundred and forty-five dollars because I missed. I picked <laughs> Crystal Palace uh, for my Dortspire Cup of losers. I have. I should give up on betting like Everton has given up on football. So we're gonna go ahead and put that into the cup of losers. And uh, uh, Sammy, I gotta say, I'm considering just giving up on betting. Big Sam's lock of the week. of the time. It works 100% of the time. You know what? Fucking, I'm going back to the palace well again. The odds are too fucking good. I'm going to go ahead and go for it. Simply because Manchester United just beat you. And they're prone to fucking one off. Palace to beat Man United at plus five hundred. What else have I got to fucking lose? Might as well, uh, might as well hit this. Bet. You know what? I lose this bet and I'm down nine hundred bucks. I hit this bet and I'm still down three hundred bucks. So Houston shits the bed. That's exactly it, and I don't fucking care. So I'm going. For Sounds it. about right, to be honest. All right, fill us in on uh, Sleepyhead because I know he has a. Uh, I will. He had to go to sleep tonight because uh, he does wakes up early for work. Right. And now. It's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. Fresh off the press at dfootballshow at gmail.com. Uh, we got an email from our boy, Pat, uh, for his bet. All right, I am now down $25. And since I like even numbers, especially ones that end in double zeros, I'm going to play a three-way parlay for 75 bucks. First match I've examined a lot, Wolves v. Liverpool. Liverpool has beaten opponents by more than two goals this year, nine times, and four out of seven have come at home. Now, comma, the Wolves have only lost by more than one goal one time this year, but I'm still going with Liverpool, minus 1.5 at plus 110. Next, I'm going to root for goals at Watford Man City. Plus three and a half uh, goals at plus 115. And just because I hate myself, if I make it through Saturday, I'm going to play Tottenham over Norwich at minus 245 straight. On a $75 bet, that'll pay me $400. Uh, I'll be texting you all Monday. Let's go Everton. Or I might just cover my bet by calling my bookie and putting 100 on Arsenal at plus 115. That way I can make $15 or lose 99. Uh, and, it'll, and it'll be worth every dollar. Uh, talk to you later and have a great weekend. Obviously, that last game is not included in the three-way parlay. 
but it was a uh, bet that he made with you uh, earlier yeah. in the season that you would between Tottenham, Villa, and Everton, you could not win all three. You would at least draw or lose one of them. And so far, how have you done on those first two opponents, Sam? Two and two. And now you play Everton, and how's Everton doing? Very bad. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> all right, Sam, what do you got? And if I lose, I only have a dollar to spend. Yeah. One whole crisp American dollar. Yep. Uh, so I have decided that my two-way parlay was a bit too uh, soft. I've decided to go for a four-way parlay this time. There's Sam Graham. He's back. I Like I said before, down 316 American dollars. Uh, and I have Arsenal to beat Everton, Liverpool to beat Wolves, Tottenham to beat Norwich, and United to beat Palace. At plus 549. Oh, please Uh, let it be Palace that beats United that fucks your bet so I win. Which I think are pretty decent fucking odds for betting all favorites. Yeah. Yeah, not bad at all. So now I will say in Arsenal Everton, both of us were in the plus on the straight bets. I saw that. Yeah. We're like plus 200 and you're like plus 115 or something. 120. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like 123 or some shit. No confidence in either one of us to win. (laughs) <laughs> Very strange, that one, um, especially after you just shipping four goals. But either way, I get 549 American dollars if I win this bet. Very good. Very good. Well, that was a uh, eh segment. It's been an eh show. But you know what we have to make everything better? We have a fucking chicken. <laughs> well... Kitty saw the Reds reign triumphant in the Merseyside Derby and is back to 500 at 6-6. Six and six. So this week, I gave Kitty Southampton welcoming Brighton. Kitty showed me an Instagram post of her in the DJ booth at a Fat Boy Slim show with Coldplay's drummer, Will Champion. That's an interesting combination of people. Is it champion or champagne? Oh, whatever you want it to be. It seemed odd because Will is a big Saints supporter, but uh, FBS supports the Seagulls. Hmm, interesting. Now, I guess Kitty is picking a draw here in a derby of the South Coast, but one thing's for sure, they were all dancing the night away to a Rockefeller skank. How about that? She nailed it this time. Nice, nice job. Did I? <laughs> yeah. I was, Rocco- I was debating. Rockefeller skank? What is the that? Rockefeller skank from Fatboy Slim? You know the song. Oh, okay. Right about now, the yeah, funk yeah, soul. Yeah. yeah, that's that uh, song. Uh, no. Okay, I do want to <laughs> just reiterate real quick: it's a South Coast Derby, not the South Coast Derby. Ah, uh, I said a South. Did I? Say no, a? I know you said I a. Said I said in. I said reiterate. Yeah. I just want to drive home the point. Mm-hmm. To both sets of supporters. Yeah. Yes. We respect your we yes. respect your respective derbies. Yes. Southampton, we respect that it's Pompey. And Brighton, we respect that it's the El Gatwico. But it was in a derby of the South Coast. That's what mm-hmm. it said. So see, it was said correctly. So that's good. You I'm know not correcting is? her. Oh, I'm good. just reiterating. Because I'm so used to corrections on this show. I no. get very confused. But you know what you guys never have to correct me on? What's that? I always remember to remind people to gamble legally and responsibly. Championship Corner! I've fallen. 
And I can't get up. Oh, no. There was no championship games this midweek. Oh, there were no midweek games. How about that? Okay. Perfect. For once, we got nothing to talk about. Excellent. Uh, Uh, So so how's it going in your world? (laughs) So how's it going in your world? Exactly. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, that's brilliant. That's going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Um, Sammy, any parting words? Uh, no, really. Um, just kind of, you know, respect your mom, um, grandparents, kiss your friends, love your friends. That's going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Thank you so much for joining us. Next up is injury time where we're going to preview the weekend's action. Uh, talk about the beers we've been drinking and, uh, checking in on a couple of our adopted clubs. Should one, someone want to check that out, Sammy, how do they go about doing it? One someone would just go to patreon.com backslash do football show and sign up to that one beautiful tier of $5 a month and uh, get both of our shows uh, sound check our pre-show and injury time, our preview show. Uh, and you could hear about my uh, bloody stub toe. You know, um, sometimes someone has to uh, save one from themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And in that moment, Graham, I could see you just walking around in circles, talking to and the ground like the Elsa. And I quickly jumped in to end the show so he wouldn't do that. And I make one slip as I'm trying to help him. And he decides to point that out. So that's what it is. Boys and girls, go to the Drip Shack. Buy yourself a shirt. You'll look fucking fly but as fuck. I didn't say your name. No one knows. Yeah, clearly. Uh, again, a great plug that I was doing that you walked all over. Go to the Drip Shack. Buy yourself something fly. Everybody's going to compliment you and tell you how brave, strong, and hot you look in a DU football shirt. So go check out the Drip Shack. Till next Monday, everybody. Have you been reading my comments again? Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Fucking new button!